The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Good afternoon. This is Fantastic Tuesday. Welcome to another show, Transformation for Success, a show designed to highlight interesting topics and guests to share their knowledge, expertise, inspiration, and principles to help you on the path to greater emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. On this show... Today, we are focusing on a dynamic African-American woman who has been active in her community and a change agent in politics and in her community for many, many years. The new millennium African-American woman has definitely arrived to embrace a new diaspora. Being socialized in a patriarchal society, the selfness humanity of the African-American woman has her routinely putting everyone else's priorities above hers. So it's difficult to decipher the fact that the African-American woman and African-American cultural treasure is the least partnered group in the nation. African-American women have had to maneuver between both their racial and gender identities for centuries within the legal and political landscape since the American legal system both perpetrated and sanctioned racism and sexism. So this tumultuous journey began as early as 1641 when Massachusetts made slavery legal, declaring that a child inherited its free slave status from the mother. In 1662, the Virginia House of Burgesses declared that a child's slave status followed the mother's if the mother was not white. In 1668, Virginia declared that black women should pay taxes, but not white women, whether they were free or not in 1780. So we look years later. Has much changed? In 1780, Massachusetts abolished slavery and gave black, women, black men, not black women, the right to vote. In later decades, black female abolitionists and women's rights advocates would lobby hard for the passage of both the 14th and 15th Amendments, even though neither amendment gave the right to vote to women. Today, I am pleased to have on the show an African-American woman who can stand proudly on the legacy of millions of humanists, men, women, and even children of various races and ethnicities who laid the groundwork for the world that many have the opportunity to thrive in today. I don't know about you listeners out there, but I am grateful for the sacrifices and the trailblazing that would have prevented many of us women in this current day from living the exuberant lives that are led in this 
millennium. So we pay homage to the indebtedness of so many throughout our history. Now, today I am so inspired to bring on a friend I have known for many, many years, Dr. Diane E. Watson, a consummate politician as well as a change agent who for well over 36 years will share her transformation journey from a school board member to ambassador and congresswoman. She's going to share how her first monumental step into elective office on a local level led her on a path to be a champion for numerous causes that would benefit her country and the world at large. So listeners, I invite you today, if you'd like to call in or share in on the discussion, to call the number 1-888-346-9141. Or international, if you're calling, 001-480-553-5750. And I invite you to email your feedback comments to me at info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, remember, you can also download the podcast of this show immediately after this show next week. I want to know from many of you some of your comments, and I do want to thank you, those of you who are writing and letting me know how you enjoy the show and some of your comments dedicated to the success of the show. And I want to thank you very much for doing so. So, without any further ado, I want to introduce my guest today, Diane E. Watson, Congresswoman, Senator, Ambassador. Good afternoon, Diane. Good afternoon, Barbara, and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak with you and to other women around the world. Well, it is my absolute honor to have you on the show. And, you know, being so that we've been personal friends for, what, 88, 38 years or, or so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I can t- say that I have lived and I have seen you in action and knowing your, your profound love for your country and the things that you have done for so many, many years. And I want to share with the audience just a little bit about your background because truly uh, it is a wonderful experience. And I know you're going to share with us later on your ups and your downs in this, in this journey. But first of all, uh, doctor, and she is a doctor. She has a PhD from Claremont University in California. And she was the first African-American woman who was a trailblazer first as a California school board member who then was elected to the California Senate. Now, she missed the assembly and went straight from being a school board member to the Senate, where she faithfully served for 20 years. She was the head of the Health and Human Services Committee and championed numerous issues that included health care services for women and children in California. She was later appointed by the former President Bill Clinton as ambassador to the Federated States of Micronesia. And then later, she was then sworn in as a member of the 108th Congress after the untimely death of Congressman Julian Dixon. This wonderful and delightful lady I have called, as I said earlier, a friend for well over 30 years, has accomplished much for the community and is still doing so today. And she's going to share her principles of success with our listeners today. So... The show, again, will stream from the host page at www.transformationforsuccess.com. And if you're too shy to call in, you, no problem. You can simply email me at info at transformationforsuccess.com. All right, as a part of podcast of today's show, it, it's going to be available on the same link 
immediately following the show. Now, I just want to remind you that Transformation for Success is a place to be on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, what I find, Diane, is so many people listen to uh, successful people on a success track. And even at home or in their car or in the office, even it's just for 15 minutes. But fortunately, this show is a little bit longer and to give listeners ideas and hope and encouragement. So today, Diane, I'm going to ask you to unlock that great person that you are and share us simply your own personal success story. Well, you know, I I had a very firm foundation as a young Mm -hmm. child with supporting and a loving family. We were also guided by religious and spiritual structures, uh, Mm -hmm. both in my home and in my church with a grandmother who was a Catholic nun. So, you know, that was a very strict upbringing, but one that has influenced my life. And uh, one of the things I learned from my grandmother mm-hmm. is to be responsible, to do the right thing, and to be timely in doing that. We were awakened at 4.30 a.m., put in a bathtub of cold water, I always thought, <laughs> oh my goodness. and cold taken water. <laughs> by hand down to our church to sit in the front row, not to say anything, but to follow the Mass and repeat the Mass in Latin. So I learned Latin. I took it in school, and that was very, very helpful because Latin is the root to uh, English words. And so I've always been a good speller because I took Latin. And so what I inherited from my grandmother helped structure my life and in a direction for progress. That's wonderful. When we, we think about the number of grandmothers in this country that, and other countries as well that have influenced the lives of many, many youngsters, I mean, it's really laudable. So I just want to give a shout-out to all you grandmothers out there to keep on doing what you're doing because it does pay off. So, Diane, um, as a young woman, uh, you're struggling, and I mentioned that you uh, struggled, uh, well, not struggled, but you were became a member of the California School Board. What would you share with women uh, today that you, you know, sort of attribute to how you got into politics? Well, um, there are some principles that I'd like to share with women. Mm-hmm. Number one, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Do not let anyone else define who you are. Know your skills. Be balanced. Form coalitions and share with others. Mm-hmm. And as you are lifting yourself, remember to lift as you climb. But the most important thing, believe that you can. Mm-hmm. Maximize your strengths and your skills. You know, women have skills that they don't really know they have. They multitask. They That's are the true. ones that see that things move properly within the homes. They share their love from birth yes, they on. Do. And so you need to have a supportive environment, a loving environment, and then you need to dream and put your dreams into actions. I never thought, I didn't set out on a political career. I was an educator. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I had wonderful opportunities uh, to be able to go to the University of California, to live on campus, and to live in an integrated, integrated environment to learn that I was just like the other girls from different backgrounds and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And I really savor that experience living in an integrated house. I was comfortable with mm-hmm. all the girls and found that we had more alike than was different. When my community came to me and said, we want you to run for the Board of Education, I said, no, I'm an educator, and that's what I want to do. Think of how many people that you can uh, see and you can count on them to support you so you can make policy to educate our children. And with that, I did run. Well, the first time uh, I learned what Mm -hmm. it meant to be in a political arena. And I had to overcome the hardships. And I'll just mention one. My campaign manager, who was a uh, classmate at UCLA, put Mm -hmm. on a fundraiser. And coming from that fundraiser, he was killed. And that was very, very hard for me to accept continuing on. Mm-hmm. But there was a man there who was very much involved in the political arena, and he pulled me up by the collar. He said, Tom Stewart mm-hmm. was in service to you. He believed in you. Are you going to let him down? You've got wow. to go out there, and you've got to finish the job. Well, I went out there, and uh, I lost the first time, but I kept going, and I ran into every deterrent that you could, but it had to toughen me up to be able to compete with the men. And so I won on the second round. I had to run district-wide for the L.A. school board, uh, 710 square miles. When Mm -hmm. I went out to the valley, uh, the people in the audience got up, turned their backs on me when I spoke and walked out of the auditorium. I didn't let that deter me. I kept going. It hurt me emotionally. Wow. But when they saw me, I was smiling. I went on with my speech. They opened the door to hear what I had to say. And when I walked out to get in my car, four men with KKK tried to turn my car over. Wow. I learned to overcome these things. And what I would do once I won, they would come and attack me on the board verbally. And I, I was a school psychologist when I was mm-hmm. uh, with the board and in teaching, and I left and became a school psychologist. But I learned to transfer what they were saying to paper because they couldn't define me. They did not know why I was promoting integrating schools. And because if there was one classroom of excellence, every Mm -hmm. child should have the opportunity to be there. So I picked up tremendous skills of just surviving and overcoming and not letting people define me. And that's what you'll find in Mm -hmm. the political field. You cannot 
be broken down, and you cannot accept what somebody else thinks about you. That's why I say know yourself. Know what you can do. Be supportive. Be from a community that will give you that support. And I had many, many friends out there and supporters that would come and lock arms with me when I led the Supreme Court's decision to integrate our schools. We had to do it by busing. Yes. Because the well, Diane, white- I want to ask you this. Yes. When, when you, you've said some very, very important things that I think the audience will certainly take heed to. But before I ask you this question, I, we're going to have to take a quick break. But we're going to come back, and what I am understanding from what you've said, believe in yourself, but going back to the specific event that possibly shaped your career in politics, I want to sort of elaborate a little bit on that, because it seems that the two things, one, people sought you out. What kinds of things do you think they saw in you to seek you out to run for the school board? Number two, we'll come back to this question, the specific event that shaped your career was possibly, or could it possibly have been, the death of your campaign manager, and then someone taking you by the collar and saying, you must go on. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back when you'll answer those questions. So listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. The Dr. Diva Show is on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time for a compelling discussion about the issues that matter most to women and an inside scoop for the men who love them. Topics include entrepreneurship, relationships, work, and home life. Join Dr. Sony, Dr. Rhonda, and Dr. Pamela every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Dr. Diva Show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your relationships, your career, your peace of mind. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Transformation for Success. Today we are on a road of triumph and but with trials and tribulations with a dynamic former member of Congress, ambassador to the Federated States of Micronesia, a school board member, and a senator for well over 20 years. And that is the Congresswoman, we still call her Congresswoman, Diane Watson. So, listeners, we're welcoming you back to Transformation for Success. And this is Dr. Barbara Young, your Transfer Success Coach. So, Diane, back to the question that I framed a bit before we went on break. Uh, speaking of, what do you think people saw in you to come and approach you to be on the school board? Because that's quite interesting. You didn't seek them out. They sought you. Uh, I was well-educated. I never stopped going to school. I went as high as I could and received my doctorate in 1989 while in the Senate. I would, uh, when I was on the school board, I would drive after the board meeting 40 miles to attend the evening classes at Claremont. What they saw in me, and the reason why they came to me, is they saw a hard worker, someone who continued to educate herself, and I could articulate what I felt and what I would do as an educator. And so my friends, and as I mentioned before, you have to have a base. And uh, within your own community, people need to know who you are and what you can do. And when they trust you, and I found out as an educator, they trusted me. So um, they asked me if I'd run. There had never been an African-American woman on the L.A. Unified uh, School Board. It's the second largest district in the country. There was an African-American minister uh, who was there before me but only served one term. So with a district like ours that had every ethnicity in it, they felt the need to put somebody on that board to represent all children but to reflect a forgotten and a distant minority, African-Americans. So they came to me, and I had to respond to the call, and I did. Uh, Admonish people. One of the things that I always say, and when I'm talking to individuals, and when people seek you out, it's because they see that special quality in you. The special quality, I think, that has stood you well uh, over the years, and that is hard work. And, you know, one of the things I, I, I want to pose, too, back, is that they saw the dedication. They saw your true diligence. They saw your passion and that you executed leadership abilities even then in making things happen. So this, these are the things that I'm, I'm picking out on uh, based on what you've said and why people see and they still see things in you that have certainly served you well over the years. Now, back to the point, too, of what you mentioned, uh, knowing your skills and, and, and sharing with others. But also, life is full of ups and downs and trials, we all know, and tribulations, and I know personally that you've had many. But did that specific event, 
with Tom Stewart being killed so tragically and uh, that shaped your career in politics or more or less spurred you on with, of course, the um, motivation and support of a colleague and friend who called you. Would you say that that specific event was probably a turning point for you? It was a turning point. As I said, we were classmates, and Mm -hmm. uh, the tragedy of his death did not only stop when he was killed, but it continued on uh, when tragedy struck again at his going-away service. And I had to learn how to cover my emotions and come out in a positive way. And it really toughened me up because I was a true believer in the kindness of people, in the fact that I could get supporters when I found out, uh-uh, it doesn't come. You have to work for it. And uh, just because you feel that you can do the job, somebody might have another thought that somebody else needs. So you have to build confidence. You have to reach out to others who support you. You have to have a base. And I cannot say more to women out there listening that build yourself a base. Start with your family, your loved ones, and the people who live around you, who know you in your community. Because when you get into the political arena, you have to bring those people who feel you can do the job together. So start with the people you know, the people mm-hmm. who have shared in your experience. And you know, Barbara, I always share my success with others. Yes, I always yes, you do. take people with me. And mm-hmm. uh, when I am awarded something, I want to share that because it's only meaningful when you can share it. I can sit home alone, and I don't mm-hmm. get the pleasure of being given another title. What does that mean unless I can share it and bring benefit to others? That's what really uh, leads me on and helps me to go to another level. That's and, you know, great. I believe lift as you climb. And you had mentioned before uh, Shirley Chisholm, and, you mm-hmm. know, who really got out there and uh, was elected uh, from her state of New York. And you remember she ran for president. Yes, and I, I do. Said, <laughs> and I had an opportunity to talk with her. And she was so positive and so encouraging. We were in a uh, car together being driven, and we had a chance to talk. And she said, you know, you don't know until you get out there. And you have to be sure that you have people with you who support you. She taught me so much. And she said, when... uh, the young man from a labor union came to me and asked for, this is Shirley Chisholm, asked for her help in mm-hmm. uh, running for an administrative position in his union. And he looked at her and he said, you know, I've learned so much from you. I would like to have you with me. And that's when she married this young man. And he was so <laughs> impressed with her. And she told me that she gave him the idea of 
his skills being used. Who are you? What do you do in the labor union? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you can use these skills to excel. And in telling him that, he fell in love with her, and they married. And <laughs> he was much younger than her. So what I'm saying to women, try to find out who you are. Put people around you who believe in you. That is your base. And on their shoulders, you can climb. See, I'm on, I'm climbing on the shoulders of a Shirley Chisholm who struck out there. You know, and, I wanted uh, to uh, sh- uh, share, Diane. Now, in 1968, um, I think uh, Honorable Shirley Chisholm, and I, and I believe I'm really proud to say this, that I met Shirley Chisholm with you in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for um, uh, a visit and had a chance to be seated with her at, at the table, the dinner table. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. since that time, are there, my count was that 31 African-American women have served in the U.S. Congress since that time. Mm-hmm. I think my count may be off. Do you know how many African-American women may have served in the U.S. Congress since that time? Uh, it's around now, uh up to 50, like 51. Okay. Uh, we have uh, women who have been elected since I left Congress over almost two years ago. Okay. And uh, I was so pleased with the caliber of women who used those of us who were there as role models mm-hmm. and got out there and convinced their community, their district, their voters that they indeed could do the job, regardless of their color. And one of the things that I take from our president, Barack Hussein Obama, he says, I am president of all Americans. And now that he's in his uh, last term, he can take up issues that specifically serve a special community. And so... uh, we, as African-American women, we have a place, too. Our place is in the House and the Senate. And I want to say that again. You know, the House and the Home, our place is indeed in the House of Representatives and in the Senate, too. Now, Diane, and, since, you know, I know you as the ambassador of Micronesia and uh, have been on the Foreign Relations Committee in Congress. And you've had a chance to visit all these uh, different countries, particularly on the continent of Africa. And I, this question is, has, uh, I'm going to ask you that has bothered me for some time is that we see so many of the other nations uh, who are so far ahead of us with women in government, women in, in positions in parliament. So what do you attribute this to? And here we're supposed to be the enlightened nation, and yet we're lagging behind with not just African-American women, but women, period, who are serving in our House of Representatives or other elected offices. So can you sort of maybe give your personal opinion on that? Well, uh, it has taken this country a long time to -hmm. come around to view women as equal partners. We Mm -hmm. want parity in government. And I was so proud... uh, in the wake of what happened in South Carolina, that there was a woman governor from a neighboring state, Mississippi, 
who said, let's take the rebel flag down, and it was done. And this nation is changing. It has to change because, you know, we're in a divided nation. Women had to earn their stripes. They should have had them long before. And now African-Americans are being looked at a little differently. So what we have to do as a nation and what we have to do as African-American women, not only here but abroad, is let them know and hear our voices. And we always speak for the powerless. And yes. what I have found uh, serving in these various elected positions is that sometimes I'm the only voice for the underserved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe you always do the right thing to benefit the largest number of people. That's the pro- that is what guides me in my work. Mm-hmm. The women, and I had a subcommittee when I was on foreign affairs on Africa, and we had a woman by the name of Johnson Sirleaf, who had been in this country for 14 years and left my committee and us to go to Liberia to become the first African-American, well, she was African, to become mm-hmm. the first female to head a nation state on the continent of Africa. And she is uh, the president of Liberia, and her state had the most number of people who have died from Ebola. So we, we gave her a call to offer her help and assistance, and she said, yes, 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 come with, with whatever. In the meantime, our president, as you know, sent troops to build uh, hospitals there and uh, sent over treatments that could uh, stem the tide of Ebola. But it was her country that lost the largest numbers. So women play a great role throughout history. It is now time. And we went through the year of the women in the 70s, and that's how I got promoted up the ladder because I had strong women behind me. And that's I one of the see, questions. That's yeah, one of the questions. I see a woman I'm like Johnson one of the questions Perlis. I wanted to ask you, Diane. Mm-hmm. One of the questions, um, <clears throat> and I, I wanted to cut you off just for a few minutes because I really want to focus on you, this particular mm-hmm. question personally. Did you find in your experience in this political career, navigating it, that you had the support of a lot of women? Yes. And I modeled after these women as well. Why did you think you had the support? Uh, Because we're getting the information nowadays that so many women are not supporting, uh, you know, other women candidates who are going into politics. So what do you think was, was your secret? Well... I emanated from the community that I represent. Mm -hmm. I was born here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I have a large family extended as well. And Mm -hmm. people knew who I was. They saw my diligence in going to school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I wasn't the teacher's pet, but I was the one that the teacher could depend on to do mm-hmm. the right thing. So I always uh, tried to do the right thing. People mm-hmm. knew me from birth to now, and they mm-hmm. trusted me because I was out in the community. I was in various organizations that uh, were community-based, that uh, gave... Okay, I'm going to have to cut people. you off just to a okay. few minutes. We're going for a break. I'm sorry to do that to you, but we'll be right back. So listeners, stay tuned because we'll be right back and continue my discussion with Congresswoman Diane Watson. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style. Be the star you are. Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Did you know there are close to 50 loss events that can produce the wide range of emotions we call grief? Grief is a normal and natural response to loss. We all experience loss in life. Often, when we do, people tell us we have to let it go and move on. But how do you do this, especially when you don't know where to start? Listen to 50 Shades of Grief with host Melody Dawn. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we can get through grief. Now on Voice America. The road you travel in life is never a straight line. It's more like running around in circles, which is not a problem when you make Richard Flint a part of your world. When you're standing next to Richard, you begin to see a lot less confusion and a whole lot more clarity. Things just start falling into place. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The power to be with Richard Flint. Join us and more power to you. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here, Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to A Life in Politics, The Journey of a Female Champion on a Mission Impossible. Join me today. We're listening to my guest, a consummate politician for well over 36 years, who is sharing her transformation journey from school board to ambassador and congresswoman, 
Congresswoman Diane E. Watson. So, Diane, getting back to uh, your discussion, and I had asked you the question about women supporting you, and they have, as you said, because you came from a community of in Los Angeles where people knew you. They, you had a well-earned reputation of being diligent. People watched your service, and they were able to identify and relate to you. One of the things that I, 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 I'm going to ask this question because I know many people out there uh, locally or, or even uh, nationally or internationally, always interested on why you never married because you've been single all of your life. And I know personally that you've given, given a lot to your political career. So could you answer that question for me? Yes. As a young woman, uh, I started in a political career mm-hmm. and I did not have time to build relationships with uh, the men I knew, uh, my friends, because I was always getting on a plane or mm-hmm. going in the car down with the board, going, uh, spending hours at the meetings, going to school. I never had time to nurture the relationship. And I think it would be so unfair to get into a marriage and to have children and not have time to really be with them. So I just kept on going, and my friends just dropped me uh, as I advanced. But I had goals that I had set for myself, mm-hmm. and I worked towards those goals. And uh, I would not have been able to be the kind of mother and wife. Others have done it, but I never learned to balance because uh, I had to become the matriarch of my family uh, when my father died and uh, my mother passed away and I had to take care of her. So I've never had time uh, in my life and career because I was busy serving others and I never <laughs> served myself by finding a partner that would work side by side with me in the interests of others. So I didn't uh, spend a whole lot of time on that. I just kept doing what I uh, was doing. And uh, I took the open door of opportunity uh, that I was prepared to walk through. And uh, because of doing that, I did not really have the time to make a marriage work and to raise children. Do you think, you know, it just posed a question, uh, Diane, that I've often wondered. You know, uh, when I look today over a number of women who are in political office, that I'm wondering if they got married early, you know, early on and then pursued their careers. In other words, it wasn't like they were in a political career like you were starting out very early. And then, What I told you know, one of my mentees, that came and volunteered in my office at age 22. I -hmm. told her, if you really are interested in a political career, before you're 30, I want you married with a child. Because (laughs) after that, you will find that you will not have time to share. Well, she now... Since, and I'm going to mention her name, no, Holly Don't mention Mitchell. her name. Don't mention she, her name. <laughs> <laughs> she now sits in my seat in the Senate, 
And at one point before the elections of last year, she was the only African-American in the California State Senate. And you know we're the first state in the nation to be a majority of minorities, Hispanic, Asians, African-Americans, and others. And so not to have a woman of color in the Senate is a travesty. And, you know, we travel the world, and to have a delegation come from California without an African-American and without other minorities is not representative of who we are. So uh, she did adopt a child, and uh, she has raised him to be a real leader. He was president of his graduating class. He's an achiever, and I'm so proud of her. And she has taken time to raise him with the right values in a very progressive way. And she's given him a lot of time. So I'm very, very proud. Uh, We have a woman sitting in my seat uh, in Congress who also was uh, lifted by myself. Because I truly believe when we open that door... We are allow it to be a bridge to take people higher. And I believe in lifting as I climb, and that's something that we have to do as African-American women and as women, period. Always well, Di, prepared Well, someone. Di, I want to ask you something before. I know I'm taking uh, cue because we're going to run out of time, and I want to get some of these questions in. Um, tell me, what is the biggest uh, trial or maybe one or two, that you've experienced and how you overcame that. Because you've had a successful career. But I want the audience, the listeners out there to know that it wasn't always easy. Because one of the things we talk about is in your compelling story that you had highs and lows. So what was the most difficult or two most difficult situations you had to go through? And how did you overcome them? Well, uh, when I was elected to the Senate from the school board, I was told that we don't want you here. And uh, I would tell them, well, I'm here. And when I ran against him, who owned several businesses along South Shore, I got more votes than he did. I've always represented Hollywood, so I threw a little bit of that in. (laughs) And then I would do a pause and say, I think I might have gotten more votes than any of you. And I would tell them, can anyone here vouch of getting over 80% of the vote? At that point, they left me alone. I was only the second person as an African sitting in the Senate to have an earned Ph.D., and there was only one other gentleman there with a Ph.D., so I had to let them know who I was. I had to let them know what I was made of, what my inspirations were, and that I was on a mission, and I could handle the challenges. And when I had tragedy occur again uh, in my own family and in people around me, I stood and I presented myself in a very positive, progressive way. And that's what I want to say to the women of the world. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Play up your strengths and let your, let your 
weaknesses be diminished because you stand strong. You know who you are. It is something that doesn't come naturally, but women are the stronger of the sex because they endure the pain to bring life into the world. And once that life comes, the pain is forgotten and put behind us. Onward and upward is what I would say to women. Overcome the things that are negative. Stand for who you are. Stand as a woman. And I will say hope, cope, and love to bring a miracle of life from above. That's wonderful. Diane, um, as we begin to sort of wind down a bit, what legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want people to remember you for? That I worked to represent the interests of others and that I could set policies in a man's world that would better the lives of women, period, of men, period, Mm -hmm. of the underprivileged, and most of all, let women know that they also can do. If I can be a role model, please jump on my shoulders because I'm there to lift you. And what I want to leave as a legacy is that I did everything within my power to lift humankind and especially women. And that, and that is so true. And I, I know you, like I said, on a personal level, and I know that you have truly worked uh, diligently for the interest of others, and you've always, always been able to keep the broader picture in mind, to look at, you know, the bigger picture. And sometimes we can get caught in a trap of looking at small, minute things. And the other thing that I can say, too, about you is that you've been able to keep your friends, childhood friends and supporters, you know, over a lifetime. And that's quite an accomplishment. Um, and and Barbara, if sure. I can add this, traveling abroad and learning mm-hmm. other cultures and learning other languages really helped me in my career. And I, as you know, became an ambassador uh, because I was appointed mm-hmm. by uh President William Clinton, and uh, I really helped him when I chaired the Health and Human Services Committee in the California Senate uh, mm-hmm. to uh, understand those benefits that go out to the underserved. He asked me when I met with him, he said, I, it was 1996, I'm going to sign the welfare reform bill mm-hmm. that the Republicans mm-hmm. have put out, but Watson, you're going to tell me how to fix it. And so I wrote a group of principles, and then I turned them over to my staff to put in legislative language. We got those in, and we were able to free a lot of women uh, from welfare. And I'll just quickly tell you how we do it. This is the legacy that I feel I left. What we did was take young women who dropped out of school and had children and never got their diploma. They could Mm -hmm. get and take uh, the CED and come out, and then we 
we put them in the community colleges, and I worked with the member who represented the community colleges, Fast Gonzalez, he's deceased now, and I said, can we send these young women to you so you can train them in the community colleges for two years with a sellable skill, and mainly in the healthcare field. And when that was done, we would help them find jobs and to use the skills that they could use in perpetuity. And we would still keep them on welfare for the first six weeks. And then we would wean them off and the skills would take them onward to a better life. And we put that in legislative form, and I'd like to be remembered for that. Oh, and I'm sure you will, Diane. I'm sure you will. Now, as we close the show today, I just really want to thank you so much for sharing with the audience today your story and some of your significant remarks that will help make this a better place and the journey of, I call you, a female champion who was on a mission impossible. You know, there there are so many challenges we face in the world today, and some good, I call some bad, and some ugly. And there are many, many people who are out there who are brokenhearted, and they're disillusioned, and they're disappointed, and they're locked in a standstill mode, afraid to pursue their dreams. But listening to you, an African-American woman growing up in Los Angeles and talking about a grandmother who instilled so much in her life early on, that it's empowering to hear the stories of the trailblazers. And truly, I call you a trailblazer. And know that and believe, listeners, that as you've heard her story, that yes, you too can make a difference with the help of God, overcome them with success. You know, life is a journey. Diana, we've talked about this many times, of carving away at worry and doubt and fear and all the other negative emotions that hold us back from pursuing our dreams. And I realized it's not who that holds you back. It's what you think that you're not that holds you. You, you. will hold yourself back. And you talked back. about believing in yourself. Once you recognize and connect yourself with the pure potential that the creator has placed within you, there is no stopping you. And so I want to thank you again and admire you for all the significant work that you've done and the work that you are yet to do. Because and, I know uh, if I God can say this as we close yet. out, turn your dreams into action and live your plan of action. Be sure it's progressive and moves you forward and those around you. And it's the leadership that is in women. Remember, we have the children. We raise the children from our womb to their lives. I want to tell your listening audience, thank you, Diane. I want you to be blessed. My friends, I leave you with this thought. Take time to be grateful and humble. Adopt a spirit of gratitude and humility and be driven to love yourself. Love the creator who made you and that you can be more than what you thought you could be and what others said you should or could be. Walk your own path towards success. Become extraordinary for yourself. So be blessed and I'll be back next week with another dynamic individual who served as a change agent in his community. So 
Be inspired, be challenged, be grateful, be encouraged, and be forever transformed. This is Dr. Barbara Young, your success coach, signing off. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.